Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we'll be talking about superhero movies and uh, aggregate uh, critic meters such as Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and things like that. And things of this nature. And things of this nature. And things of this nature. Um, and uh, and to help jo- us discuss this, these issues, um, is, or are they issues? We've been waiting a long time to have him on the show. He's one of our very first listeners. He might have been our first listener. Really He's a uh, uh, close friend, Steve Sanders. Hello, everybody. Say hi, Steve. Hello. Oh, Steve yeah. Sanders Hello. from Beverly Hills 90210 actually <laughs> is joining us right now. Uh, it's actually, the, no, I'm from the 92058. Um, 92058. Yes, 92 yeah. And also, it's... He spells it more like Steph Sanders, Stephen no, Sanders. No, well, well, the spelling. That's, look, look, that's not, the not, not original Steve. Though. That's Steve the original is... Greek spelling of the name. Right. Oh, right. is that the original Greek yeah, spelling? It's pronounced Stephen. Okay. It's, pre- it's spelled with a, a ph. It's Greek. Right. Oh, right. Oh, I guess yeah. so. You know, um, Steve actually uh, went to. Co- I first met him my freshman year of college. He was a few years older than I. I was, and he still is a few years older than me. <laughs> well, I knew somebody in college. He was a few years older than me, but now he's not. Now actually. he's the same age. <laughs> now he's the same age as me. Now he's younger somehow. Um, anyway, uh, before we get into the main topics, uh, we got some station business to take care of. Um, first and foremost, in a couple Mondays, on Monday, November 20th, we have a big show. It's uh, the next edition of Vintage, Vintage Basement, Basement with, with Max, Max and Nikki. We got a great lineup for it. Uh, who do we, we have, Max? Judah Friedlander from, from 30, 30 Rock. Rock. Uh, he's also the champion of the world. In he's case the world you, champion. In, in case you haven't heard, uh, Melissa Villasenor from Saturday Night Live. Uh, is she, uh, is she Sean, a cast member or a writer? She's a, a cast member. She's cast okay. member. She's, she's cast uh, member of one of the featured players. She was the first. She's she's the first, the first uh, ever Latina. Uh, la- yeah, first ever Latina, uh, Latina American, Latina American. Maya Rudolph, Latina. No, no, she's, she's not. not. She's Maya half Rudolph black and half white. Black and oh, half white. Okay. Actually, Maya Rudolph. Actually, I'm Her, sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah, Maya Rudolph. Latina. Right, Latina. Yeah, yeah. right. Maya Rudolph's mother. Is, she's got Horatio it. Sands, of course. He's Latino. Right, and well, also, uh, also uh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, right. half, half Venezuelan, I think. Yeah, um, I guess Maya Rudolph just played a lot of Latinas. Right, because she had, skits. you know, brown skin. Yeah, well, sure. you know, Maya Rudolph's mother um, was a famous R&B soul singer from the 70s named Minnie yeah, Ripperton. Um, and she had like a four octave vocal range or something like that, or four or five. And she died at a very young age, but she was uh, a big influence on Mariah oh, okay. Carey, actually. Okay, so you have a, uh, uh, a newer cast member from SNL. We do. Right. She, she, was, she, she started, started last year, started last year mm-hmm. to, on the cast. And, and she's uh, actually well known for uh, America's Got Talent. She got really far on America's Got oh, Talent okay. before she was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, in any event, we also have... Sean Patton, who's been on Conan and a few other late night talk shows, yeah, Comedy Central. and Comedy Central, he's a really funny, uh, exuberant uh, comedian. And we also have Ben Cronenberg. Uh, Brent Con- Cronenberg. Ben Cronenberg. I mean, what did I say? You said Brent. No, I said Bren. Actually, is oh, what I said. You. We have Ben Cronenberg. I, I was about to say Bren Cronenberg. Actually, well, we have Ben Cronenberg, who's uh, also been on uh, a variety of late night shows like Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. And um, and and Comedy Central, he yeah. So, what well, sounds so like a good show? A we got show. a, a, a rocking lineup. And so, uh, where can you get your tickets? Because they are will go fast. Um, Maxandnicky dot com. Maxandnicky dot com. That's M A X A N D N I C K Y dot com. 
or, or horsetrade.info. Horsetrade That's horse, as in a horse that you ride, and dot, as in... No, no, uh, no, you already messed up. I already messed up. And trade, as in, um, you know, you trade things with Trade people, cards, like trading trade cards. cards. And then dot, as Info. in, like, uh, you know, like a dot on a face. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, a and dot, info, and then info like, as in like information. Information. Um, so horsetrade.info or maxandnicky.com. Going to be a great show. Highly recommend. Um, of course we recommend it. I mean, we wouldn't recommend a show that we... Well, we wouldn't be in a show that we wouldn't recommend. Wait. Well, we that's not entirely true. We wouldn't do a show that we wouldn't recommend. Um, anyway, yeah. Max, Max, let's continue. Um, Steve... Uh, does not work in the entertainment business, so no, I don't. He doesn't really need to promote anything, no, except for other friends' shows, you know. Yeah, like well, and I will. Be so I think Steve wants yeah. was trying to say, don't "Oh, cut go him ahead." Off. Sorry, I didn't hear. Go no, ahead. no, keep Just going, keep going. Off. No, no, go ahead. I, I said I, I will definitely be promoting your your show to oh, my friends you. in the area. Right. Oh, oh right on. Good. Right on. Good. Right. 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 Okay. Um. Um. Okay, before we get into our main topic, uh, as we do, uh, as we have been doing for the past few weeks, we've been talking about just a little debrief of the latest episode of Curb Enthusiasm. Not a whole lot to talk about here, um, but spoiler alerts um, if for the next, skip over the next couple minutes. Couple minutes. And Dominic, if you're listening, we will we'll only stick do to that a couple, couple minutes, minutes because there's not that much to talk about. Might be just even a minute, but. Um, uh, Kirby enthusiasm this week. What happened? It was it was it was the accidental text on purpose. Oh yeah, that's a I funny, like it's a pretty funny show. idea. Funny idea. You know, Marty Funkhauser is a funny. You know that that you know that actor. Um, what's his name again? Bob, Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein. He's Bob he, Einstein. He's really funny. Although, man, you can really see the plastic surgery on him. I mean, uh, or like Botox or something. I I feel, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think the whole idea of it was pretty funny, and um, you know, yeah, it was genuinely a good episode. I think. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a good one. I mean, uh, well, let's see. Uh, uh, I liked how, for you know, you don't see this very often where Richard Lewis and Larry David aren't arguing with each other, but in this episode, you actually do see them kind of see eye to eye on on the water, the tap water in the episode not being good. Right. Like Richard Lewis is like. LD, that this tap water you get out of a garbage. It's so weird like. though that she's so protective of her tap water. Because it's not even, it's not even her, her water. It's I know like that's so such weird. a funny idea. Actually, yeah, that she's so really funny. Her water is like she thinks it's her water. You know, it's like one thing I do notice though is ever since last season when, uh, finally somebody called out Larry on being a social, uh, uh subverter kind of a thing you know uh that he he will speak his mind i mean he always did that throughout the series but at, and especially in the last season he truly makes a point they, of they they somebody made a point of saying that hey you actually don't care to speak your mind and i think in this season i think they now that he's I mean, made that has a, to do with the growth of the character i think maybe. yeah but there's no growth i think i think there's a, an awareness of that a little bit too much as we talk that i think that's a big reason why we were talking about right, this she, season there's a little bit too much awareness Elizabeth of that perkins uh, is in this episode and her character says uh you have no filter and larry david's like oh yeah he realizes he's like you know but he's okay with that i know but even in him not having a filter sometimes it seems maybe ever so slightly 
contrived. I'd there, say. there was something about him having some anxiety about. <clears throat> Maybe there was something about something, th- th- some restriction, some inhi- inhibition to fully express how he feels that played into the neuroses of the character a little bit better in the past, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but uh, we're just kind of spit- spitballing here. It's still very funny. Um, yeah, I like yeah. this episode. like this episode. And so let's get on to our main subject at hand. Superhero movies. Um, what about them? What about them? Steve, well, why don't you know, start yeah, us I'll off? I'll start off with saying uh, th- thank you for having me on the show. And, um, oh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I am a, like bit, I am a bit of a... Right thank you for having me on this show. Yeah. I am a bit of a superhero fan uh, and a comic book fan. Um, Who do you prefer, DC or Marvel? DC. I know. I, I like Max, superheroes, Max, too, because they they're always saving us all the time, you know? Right, that's true. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm like, more of a DC yeah, fan, although there are certain Marvel characters I like a lot. Um, and I... Why have, do you prefer DC in general? Probably. What are you looking up online? I'm not that. Probably familiar. mostly for Superman and Batman, who are my like two favorite superheroes ever. I just think they're they're iconic characters, and when done right, they can really be a, a you know fun characters to read about. Are they so? Uh, yeah. They're your favorite because they're iconic. That's well, an interesting that's thing a, to that's say. That's a little bit circular, I guess. Uh, let me, yeah. let me, I'll, I'll break that down a little bit more. Um, I mean, I actually at Berkeley, I taught an entire. Um, student-run course on Superman for two that. semesters. I remember that. I remember um, he's, that. You know, he's, he evolved during the early era of comic books. Um, his character developed and was refined through all the major events of the 20th century and of the 21st century. So I think he has a certain... Um, he's sort of a mythic representation of America, which I find interesting. So um, it's also uh, maybe his his longevity also yeah, kind of has, yeah. has something um, to do with it. But do you th- is yeah. his backstory... Uh, Interesting to you too. Yeah, or I think like, it is. I think like um, his his yeah. hum, or his um human disguise character. I think, I think or Clark also Kent interesting. Is Clark Kent interesting. You know, you. yeah, totally um, uh, innocuous everyman figure who blends in the background. Yet he is a you know, visitor from another world with immense power. That's an interesting an interesting story. What's up with Superman though? It's like mm. how come people can't tell that that's just Clark well, Kent? Well, you know, kind of a, 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 I think it's a, a little it's joke. It's a, it's a trope, of, it's a trope of, of the story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's, let's take a step back and just say that uh, I like I like comic books. I have, have in the past collected them, though I don't currently um, regularly buy comics anymore. Um, I read them from time to time still, mostly compilations. And um, so I'm in no way a, a uh, yeah, I would say I'm somewhat knowledgeable about superheroes and comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you say you like DC more than Marvel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and. Have you read your fair share of Marvel? Sure. Uh, yeah, comics? I've. Um, and there's a couple of characters I like in Marvel a lot. I like um, Daredevil quite a bit. I've read a lot of Daredevil. Um, I've read a good amount of Spider-Man, um, particularly the Spider-Man. older stuff. Spider-Man. You know what's interesting is like the guy who plays Daredevil right now on mm-hmm. the Netflix show. Yeah. He kind of looks like you in a way. Oh, Steve, a really? I actually have not seen the show. I should uh, okay. take a take a watch. In a um, in a weird kind of in a in a in an own way, he kind of looks yeah. like you. Hopefully, I don't. Thank you. I I, I hope that's a compliment. He's a good looking you know, guy. I have He's not seen the show. Hopefully, doesn't blow my cred as a um, uh, superhero uh, fan or Daredevil fan. I just well, I will I say haven't I had s- Netflix for a while. I saw the first episode of the Daredevil show and. I know people rave about it, but I was bored. I oh. mean, I just couldn't get into it. I was like, I mean, maybe I should give it another shot, you know, but hey. I'll probably watch it at some point soon after I finish Stranger Things. Um, oh, okay. Well, well, we'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Um, just let's, so, yeah, uh, let's, let's dig into the superhero films then. Um, okay. So, um, let's start off with um, 
So let's let's talk about the current uh, uh, the, the current uh, the current world of world superhero, of, of films? superhero films, like, I like guess. the current yeah. wave of them. Uh, would you, yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. you define that as the environment? Is, is the, 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 the current environment? What, what would you what, define them as? Begin. I mean, a lot of people have different takes on when the current era of superhero films began. I think um, it's, it began with Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. That's fair. I, I might go back to X-Men 1, which I think is before that. Oh, did that come I out would, before? I, yeah, you I made it, it did. by a year yeah, or two. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. X-Men 1 actually kind of made it um, okay again to do start right. doing superhero films. Some actually. nerds they, I've talked to say that it actually began with Blade, but I'm not going to. I think that's, uh, a, that's oh, a I wouldn't go as far as that. You can talk about Spawn. I mean, <laughs> no, Spawn didn't do well, though. And no, actually, I, I think it's X-Men 1. I think X-Men, X-Men 1. X-Men 1 is, X-Men because 1. that was kind of a big... I don't think Blade is a popular enough character no. to have started this. Well, here's the reason I actually I think... Uh, here's... Okay, I'm going to say something about the environment it is right now. A lot of them is, a lo- uh, is based on their sales figures. I think that's a big contributor to uh, uh, one of the factors in... And for some reason, what, it what the, makes people... What are you saying here? What? Well, Hold on, let me finish. I, I mean... There, it's a big factor in what the general public deem as a good superhero hero film, even though that's not valid. It, sure. it seems that there's a correlation. There's definitely it a correlation. I mean, uh, between, bad superhero movies tend to not make money. Right. Sure. And, but for some reason... Well, not with, with one notable exception, I would say. Um, Batman well, versus it, Superman made a, a, a large amount of money. It's I would not, actually not say movie. with uh, many exceptions. Well, I mean, okay. well, 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 you personally would say with one notable exception, well, right, but the okay. general public wouldn't say Right, that. but I'm saying that there's a correlation whether or not that it's justified. Whether not, what I'm saying is I'm not sure if it's there's a mindset that, oh, this movie is doing well at the box office, therefore it is good, or is it doing well at the box office because it is good? Well, I, well, we're, I think we're going to get into some of the individual entries later on, but let's, sure. let's, let's say but broadly, just, okay. broadly so, speaking, at least competently made superhero movies have made money, right. while obviously bad movies like Green Lantern, for instance, or Daredevil uh, have, have tanked. Okay. Um, with one well, noticeable exception, but, which is Batman versus Superman, which is generally <laughs> agreed to be a horrible movie, but made a lot of money. Okay. Right. Well, but let me just say, I think that's the reason why people start at X-Men as opposed to Blade, because sure. X-Men was a big blockbuster yeah, film. Right. That made it a viable... That's fair. Sort of, a viable thing for the industry to start making and more movies like that. And I think there is a clear difference between X-Men and the films after it and the pre-X-Men superhero films in that... The films from X-Men on had, a, would say, a pretty high degree of um, fidelity to the comic books. Um, like, the creators were like, we're going to actually try to replicate this thing on the page. Right, instead of the, the director slash writer trying to make it their own thing. Right. Um, um, like, like with the Tim Burton, Matt Batman movie, movies. Or the George Those were very Batman much films. Tim, yeah, Burton, definitely, ter- definitely. Tim Burton movies. Well, but not, not necessarily bad movies, though. Right. The, well, we, that, can, we can that, get into that. I have some thoughts on those. But, we, um, have, we have to get into that. And in addition, by the way, those were big blockbuster films, by the way, the Tim Burton The first two. Films. First yeah. three, I guess, including the first Joel Schumacher film. I think did pretty well. Um, uh, no, Joel uh, Schumacher well, didn't. He didn't. Batman do, Forever. I think Batman Forever. I think Batman Forever. Joel, made Joel money. Schumacher didn't do Batman Forever. He, he did. did. No, Batman he did. and Robin. But no, he, he did both of them. He did both. Did he really do both of them? Yeah, yeah, he did both of them. He did both of them. Are you sure? Yes, hundred percent. Fairly sure. Hundred percent. In terms of superhero eras, X Men and after is the modern era, right? Right. 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 And probably Superman, nineteen seventy. Eight. eight, I think it's eight. eight that yeah. Superman is the beginning of actual superhero films because I, although there were some like well, films before that, none of them were like 
they didn't make, they weren't like the big blockbuster experiences. Before. Well, a blo- the blockbuster film itself hadn't been invent hadn't been a I thing mean, yet until Jaws, Jaws was the first was the first actual blockbuster, blockbuster film. Jaws. Something I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Jaws was like in like 74, 75. Is that right? Uh, I think it was like 76 or something. something I think like you're that. right. It's before Star yeah, Wars, I think, by a couple of years. It was before, before, Star, before Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, it was before yeah, Star Wars. Okay. In any case, all right. So we got to, we have our eras defined more or less. Um, and, and obviously you had, uh, you know, your movies that predated those. I mean, there, there were old Superman, like, they weren't sure. blockbuster movies, but they were old Superman movies. They yeah, were, there's and Superman there Adam, and Mole Man there Adam West George Batman Reeve. movies. Which no, well, there was one Adam West Batman movie, right? I think, which is which is very, maybe very, one, maybe my favorite Batman it's movie. So funny it's, on purpose. It's, it's so funny, funny and can't be on purpose. Right, it's right. really those, really both, funny. Both, both that and the George Reeve Superman film were spinoffs of the TV show. Like right. By the way, episodes. I was reading up on George Reeve recently mm-hmm. um, because of. Uh, did you see Hell Caesar recently? Yes, Steve? I did. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the guy that Josh Brolin's character is based on was, um, I, I can't remember his name in the movie. It's something mm-hmm. like Eddie Mann or something. Yeah, some Eddie Mannix. Mm-hmm. Eddie Mannix. And um, Eddie Mannix was actually a real guy. Um, in the movie, he's portrayed as a nicer family man, but in real life, he was sort of kind of a tough guy, um, guy for the the. I think MGM or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was, he had an affair with, or sorry, George Reeves started having an affair with Eddie Mannix's wife. Uh-huh. Um, and, but the thing is, Eddie Mannix and his wife, they wanted to get a, a divorce, uh-huh. but they, it wasn't socially acceptable. So right. they both agreed to be able to see other people while they were still okay. married. But at a certain point, George Reeve, uh, broke it off with Andy Mannix's wife. And um, soon after that, George Reeve was, he was ruled death by, uh, death by gunshot suicide. Right, 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 and, right. But uh, people think but that... some people think that he, Eddie Mannix Eddie Mannix him. had something to do with the right, actual heard, murder of George Reeve. Really, George Reeve was considered death by suicide? I think so, yeah. yeah really, by the way, Nikki was air-quoting, by the way. I mean, right, nobody right, could right. see that. Isn't I don't there know a why movie with um, Affleck about this? Yeah, it's called Hollywoodland. Right, which I have yeah. not seen, but I heard it was kind of okay. Uh, uh, it actually got good reviews, I think, yeah. I, from what I read. Uh, yeah, but things get good reviews. That's yeah, what we'll be talking about. Let's divert back on the topic. I don't and, want to and that doesn't mean nothing So let's get back on. Yeah, let's divert back on the topic. Right, right. Okay, so anyway, I just I want to point out if you haven't seen it, please go see the Batman from the 60s movie with Adam West. Uh, it's really funny. It really is so funny. Oh, my God. It's I, I haven't seen it, I should. I should probably see that. Um, yeah. It, and the show. The TV show. show the TV series well, is really funny. I, let's not get I don't think the TV show is very good, but let's Oh, it's very uh, funny, Steve. When's the last time you saw it? When's the last time you saw it? Probably in, like, high school or something like oh, that. Oh, see it again, Steve. You'll realize <laughs> how purposefully, uh, how purposeful the, the campiness all right, all right. is in it. It's uh, I'll, really I'll, funny. Okay, let's, let's, let's continue on with the, um, the, the modern <laughs> No, no, but in all seriousness... This is what we do, Steve, though. We yes, go off on tangents. We, we have a bit of a time like my, here, com- but- my comedic uh, sensibility has changed since high school, for sure. I wasn't that into Stella in high school. Now they're my favorite... It's my favorite group of all time. Right. Probably. Comedy, I'll just comedy point group. Out that I, I, my, I, like, my I like a very too. serious Batman, for the most part. Um, right. But, yeah, I'll give it okay. a... So, so, but that's also, but that's also something that's. Can, can I, just, I just mention that mm-hmm. that is something that happened in the comic books as well, where there was a period 
when sure, superhero yeah. characters were more campy and, definitely, and, definitely. It was and sillier, that, actually. Yeah, and yeah. that happened, what, in the 70s, I think, no, right? No, more like, more like the 50s and 60s. Oh, okay, okay. But the 70s, it was getting a little bit more... Um, Batman, in particular, was taking a turn for the uh, more serious in the 70s. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, is it but, because... Can I ask, is it because Marvel came into the picture a little bit yes, more? Yes, I think that's and, right. And they were like, oh, these are serious issues they're dealing with, and it's, we gotta it's start It's Marvel, doing and it's a reaction against the Adam West show. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I think maybe it also has something to do with just the, the zeitgeist of things. Yeah. I mean, the civil rights movement was happening. Well, you know, in the, 70s, the Vietnam War was right, happening. In the 70s, Batman's character, um, it was still kind of like high adventure, but it was definitely had a grittier feel to it to appeal, uh-huh. to appeal more towards a different kind of reader. So uh-huh. you, that's when you, in the 70s, you got Raj Al Ghul and his daughter Tali Al Ghul. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And like he had a bunch of like adventures in sort of like exotic locations like China and, um, you know, the deserts of you know, Sahara or something like that. Uh, but if you, if you look at like the first Superman movie with mm, Christopher Reeve, yeah. um, that's a funny movie. It's, it is. It has yeah, its, it's, it has its funny, funny moments. Lex Luthor is quite uh, quite of a, a comic villain, I think. Oh, oh no, you no, mean no. Christopher Reeves? Yeah, with Christopher. No, Chris it's, Reeve? it's Reeve. It's Reeve. So wait, is it George Reeves? Yes, that's no. right. Yeah, it's George Reeves and Christopher. Reeve. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Christopher right. Reeves. That's it's Christopher right. Reeve. Right. Oh, it is very funny. It's a funny. It's movie campy on and funny. purpose, but yeah, it has serious. Movie. I think it's both actually. It has some serious elements to it. Yeah, I want to talk about that movie more, but let's. We'll we'll talk about more, but I would I would say the current climate of superhero movies is pretty darn saturated you definitely, see a, definitely. a superhero movie every few months um they generally do well uh um, that's right uh you know aside from you know so I'll just, like fantastic for something has uh, happened in like the last maybe five years with superhero movies in that particularly marvel films and i do not think they're very good movies anymore well, well, and it, I know but they all like, do well at the box office. They all office, do well at the box nev- office, and they all get a, like an eighty percent plus on the thematometer. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that so, and like, that's something that I kind of that brings up to my my point is I kind of think that there that correlation between a money making machine, uh, this money making film, and what the public will think about it, and. It's not what, uh, or or the critics think about it, and is it is there are being people being paid off? I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't agree with you necessarily because there are other movies that are not superhero movies that are not reviewed as like for example the the Big Lebowski that was given a thumbs down. Wait, what by, is your point about this? Uh, let me, let me just tell you. I don't, I'm going to Siskel and Ebert gave that a thumbs down. That was in yeah, the '90s, by the way. I'm just saying this happens still where critics will dislike a movie, yet audiences, the general public, will like the yeah. movie a lot. So it goes against what the Rotten Tomatoes will say sure. about the movie. You know, okay, it's but not, what we're saying, what Steve just I, mentioned, I might still happens, make money. It might still make money. I know, anyway. but what yeah. Steve just said was that on Rotten Tomatoes, the fair share of superhero movies right. that are coming out in the past five years will have a high percentage, and they will gross a lot of money well let, let's look at like even though they the, may not actually the, be that the, good the you know? superhero movie that's number one at the box office currently is the Th- thor, thor which I, I have not seen and i'm not going to see um, um that's gotten a 90 something percent right. on ryan tomatoes which is very high for a, a superhero maybe movie. it's because jeff goldblum isn't it maybe um <laughs> i like jeff but, goldblum um I think this is my, the, this is my problem the, with the marvel the, the universe disney marvel f- okay go ahead yeah go ahead and is that you know you take a movie like Thor Ragnarok, it has the Hulk in it. It has, it has other superheroes from the Avengers in it. It's like, 
there's not a clear uh, definition or a clear definitive line uh, between what is a Captain America movie and an Avengers movie. Well, I that's guess not it, necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that's kind of fun, I suppose. Right, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I understand the point of some crossovers, but because it's happening so much, it kind of ruins the... Uh, the idea sort of the behind like, of, of, of having a, a I think the problem Spider-Man with them is related to that, but that's not exactly the to me the problem with them is that the Marvel films, and I think the DC is going with this as well, is that they're not like by themselves like an interesting right. story or an idea that's exactly. exploring something about I don't know, human psychology or right. a political theme or something. They're they're simply the next chapter in a never ending um a never-ending sort of like uh, money-making operation, right? I, I agree. Exactly. That's you, exactly. I, I, I like to see, like, I mean, if, as a popcorn movie, I'm sure it could be fun, you know. But, but if you just, look at, if you look nowhere, at, yeah, it doesn't have any depth to it. Maybe if yeah. you look at the, the I haven't seen Christopher anything. Nolan Batman trilogy. Um, I will say, and, I think those are excellent films. By the way, I know I, you guys don't think so, but I, I think those well, are excellent films. I don't like Christopher Nolan almost always, but. I will say, I think the first Batman Begins, I think that was a good movie overall. Dark Knight's I think a really I, good from movie. From when I watched it, I, I, when I watched it, when, I, when it came out originally, but I, I will enjoyed give, it. I will give it that in, in that he does explore, especially in the first the two, psychology of the, the, the psychology of the characters And those and films actually, are like, they're, they're, they're designed to tell a complete story and come to an end. Dark Knight Rises has got some problems uh, from a plot perspective, but it's still it's like uh-huh. it has a complete arc to that story. Right, and you get right, the sense right. That it's, and I think because he always knew right. uh, that he was going to do only three, right. basically. Now, I, you know? I didn't... Uh, obviously, uh, Steve, you know mm. that uh, we don't really... I mean, I thought the Dark Knight had its merits. I mean, Heath Ledger's performance Heath Ledger really was made he the, was the saving He was the saving grace of the film. Wait, you you guys film. don't think that, that movie is better than Batman Begins? No, I don't. Really? I, I think... You know, um, I, I, I gotta say, I, I should maybe rewatch Batman Begins, but from my point of view, I mean, it, that when I was that age, I... I do remember we were being, in college. We were very right. particularly critical of things in college, as as a college student is. Yeah. No, but it, oh, I think Batman Begins became came came out. No, before. that came out before, came out before we, we were like in college. That came out in two thousand five. Right. Yeah, and I so mean, I think, I think maybe I obviously my tastes are, have changed, but I did like Batman Begins more. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Uh, okay, I, mean, I like Batman Begins a lot. I think Dark Knight's a better movie for a number of reasons, including the fact that I think some of the acting is a little shaky in Batman Begins. Particularly, um, I think some of the acting is shaking in Bat in the Dark Knight. Yeah, his voice really. becomes raspier well, for some yeah, reason. I mean, I, we can talk about hard it. to it's understand. Kind of a, a silly thing, I think. But uh, anyway, I don't want to get too much into the, the Batman films. But I think that those three no, films. Well, no, please do because this is the subject. You oh, know? okay, I mean, sure, sure, sure. I mean, let's see. Batman Begins is an excellent sort of. It, it, it's a great movie because it grounds what has previously been a pretty. Um, so, so okay. Prior to Batman Begins, it never, I, in my opinion, there'd never been a good Batman movie. I don't, I, I don't think, the, I don't think the Tim Burton movies are good. Um, uh, I, I think um, bat, the first Batman Tim Burton movie is good movie. Um, I think it's Returns a very Tim is somewhat kind of movie, better than Batman eighty nine. I think Jack but, Nicholson as the Joker. I used to think, I used to agree with what you're saying, Steve, but I realize this is not. I, I feel like Jack Nicholson really captures Joker. In, a, in an interesting in way, an interesting mm-hmm. way that he really is a clown in a lot of ways. He's 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 a joking killer in a sense, you know. And, right, right, and, and right. Jack Nicholson really captures that well. Now, I, I will say something about though that the first uh, uh, Batman movie with with uh, with Michael Keaton, 
is that there really wasn't that much emphasis placed on Batman, the character, I think that's actually. a problem with it. I, I yeah, don't think Michael a Keaton's a particularly it. good Batman in any of those movies. I think the Gotham City world is far too, like, fun show, abstracty. I know. Um, I think that. I think that's kind of cool. Tim Burton's I think Tim style. Burton was trying to make create uh, something in his in his vision. Yeah, you know? that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that that's yeah, that's fine. I just don't. I think the thing about the Bat Batman is he is like one of the most grounded, gritty superheroes. He exists sure. in the real world in like back alleys of big cities. And I right. Just it, never it wasn't. Got that it wasn't faithful to the comic books for no. sure. You know. No. But I don't think you have to be faithful to the comic right. books. This is coming from a, uh, a, non a person comic who's not a comic sure. book. Sure. I, I think are not that, that sort of, of like creativity with the comic source material that you saw earlier on, um, it led to some really good things, also some really bad things, too. Some really bad movies. So, um, Batman and Robin I, is really I, sure. I will say yeah. my problem with the, the Christopher Nolan trilogy is... Christopher Nolan's writing, actually, I, I think. Did Nolan write any of those? Tried... I don't think he wrote any of those movies. Uh, or I think or it was David. Go I think David Goyer and, and his brother, some combination of those two, wrote all of them. Well, whatever, whoever it was who mm -hmm. wrote those movies, they always tried to seem realistic, like their dialogue, yeah. but it always comes across as phony, like as if. They're non-Americans trying to write American dialogue. Actually, yeah. Batman Begins was written by both Christopher Nolan and David Goyer. Actually. Okay, okay, so Nolan, Christopher Nolan had a pen on that one. Okay. David Goyer is American, right? Yes, you David know? Goyer is American. He, uh, I'm fairly sure he's American. I actually saw him speak once at Comic-Con, and I'm pretty sure he was American then. Uh, he well, also, by the way, that David Goyer also wrote the Blade Show. I know, yeah, I know. He, that's really kind of why some people think that's the beginning of the... Um, uh, yeah, he's born in Michigan. Uh, so. Is the Blade trilogy good? I never even I'm, seen. I'm not movies. a big Blade fan. I, I I don't think I've really watched all of them, so I can't say um, or any of them really. Maybe a few minutes of one of them. I do remember when Blade Two came out, or maybe it was Blade One, um, and it was this. I remember Ice T's son went to our elementary school, and his mom came <laughs> to pick him up. His his son was actually named Ice, by the way. That was his really? real name. Wow. wow. And um, and uh, his mom came to pick him up. And that same day, Mark McGuire was about to break the home run record. Wow. And she was like, all right, Ice, you, wanna, you ready to go see Blade? And we're like, are you kidding? You don't want him to stay to watch this you know, record being broken? This is history. I mean, you can watch Blade anytime. But, you know, I mean, I guess in retrospect, it doesn't really that matter that much. What was I know, especially we found out now. What, but at the time, although at the, at the same time, I mean, that's a whole other conversation to be had. I mean, anyway, let's one thing I think I, I see in the current superhero movies versus um, some of the better ones of even like five or ten years ago is I feel like some of the wonder of comic books and superheroes has been lost. Because like, there's so because much, there's so of, much there's of it so coming much out of it, now. But also it's just the way the movies are made. Like, they're so kinetic, so CG reliant. Like, right, there's right, never right. any time to stop and breathe and look around. Like, uh, like the Thor movies, for example, like everything in those movies are utterly fantastic. Like there's all these, like ice palaces and the Rainbow Bridge well, and all this stuff. You're dealing with Norse gods. I mean, Norse it's, gods, it all is this, going to be fantastic. So fast and, and it's so like CG. Right. I mean, it doesn't feel like interesting or wonderful. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, look at you look at seventy seventy six or is it seventy six seventy eight Superman, uh, the original Superman. And just the thing of him flying is like done so well, and it's, such, it's so breathtaking. And the music, by the way, to the oh, original yeah, Superman is really that this the the theme, the love theme oh, from mm, Superman, right? Yeah. One of the best pieces Definitely. that John Williams has oh, ever. Oh, by the way, yeah. I should say 
for the superhero films of the past, um, how far the music and all of those far beat the ones that we're, we're, we're talking. World. We're talking uh, in the modern era, seventy-eight to even Tim Burton stuff. Uh, you, uh, Tim, yeah, well, Tim Burton's Danny, soundtrack is quite good for that movie. The Danny, Danny Elfman soundtrack, Batman. Good. I mean, Danny Elfman. They use the Danny Elfman one really in good. the. Um, in the animated in the series, in the animated series do, yes, actually, or they added a bit to it actually right. in the animated series, but um, um, still very good. I think the only superhero soundtrack recently that's been in, that's been good is um, the Spider-Man soundtracks by Danny Elfman. Right, I know what you're saying. I agree. Oh, I actually. haven't heard it. It is it is by Danny Elfman. But they're quite good. Yeah, you have. You've seen it. No, but I haven't. I don't think I remember it though. Oh, it, but it is a very Danny Elfman kind of. Yeah. It, it actually captures that movie very well. It does. I think. Wait, you know. which Spider-Man film? I think, I he, think he did the all same three. Sam Raimi, all ones. three, I believe. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, by the way, just an uh, just a side note. Uh, by the way, Steve, mm. Batman Rise, uh, Batman, uh, the Dark Knight. Sorry, Rises. the Dark Knight was written by Christopher Nolan and his brother. By the way, really? Okay. Yeah. That's why I didn't like the Dark Knight as much because. The writing got cheesier in in the Dark Knight. I don't it, think that's it did, true. It, it it actually it, it made as it, well as it, Dark Knight Rises. As those movies, it the dialogue seems like it's English guys trying to write uh, urban city they, dialogue. They actually, I think, have dual citizenship. I think. <laughs> but it, they are British, though. I, you I you'd have to give me some examples. I recall the dialogue in Dark Knight being uh, I very just good. Thought, oh, so. this is so phony. This is not act. This is how they think. Their mother's American. Now, it's, it's how they true think that like, talk, all of the actors in, in that a, movie in are Brits playing Americans. Not all of them, but like... I, I'm got, not even talking about the main characters. I'm talking more about the side characters, okay. actually. Right, I, anyway. You'd have to give me some examples. I, I recall the, like, that movie being really good. Dark Knight Rises has some problems, though. But uh, that's, I think, largely because... Oh, there were a lot of plot holes in that. Yeah, sure. a lot of plot holes. I also think that maybe... I'm not entirely sure about this. It seemed like someone was influencing them to shoehorn more characters into that movie to pump the box office up. Like... Uh-huh. I'm not sure that like Nolan is was really that big on people like Bane or um, Catwoman. Right. I feel like he was they're kind of forcing more comic booky stuff into that movie. So that's the problem, I guess, with the current climate mm. in general. Or one of the big problems is um, there's just a need or a pressure to introduce more characters and more villains. There's right. always an excitement about the villains, but right. not enough focus is placed. Currently, I guess on, on, on individual characters, on the individual superhero. I think it's prob it's it's sort of a or the backstory of the it's superhero. A tr- it's a it's a trick to to try and uh, bring in audiences. So almost like oh it, oh guess who else from the comic books has come in and it's this character. Right. I mean, they and, did that with Suicide Squad. The trailers for that were all about right the Joker. You know, even though he's not even in the movie that much. Oh, he isn't. But no, that was a whole issue because I think that they cut a lot of Jared Leto's scenes and made him quite angry. Well, yeah, I think uh, Jared Leto was not uh, very pleased with. No, the, he was not. Um, I haven't seen that movie, so I can't exactly. I say. I haven't seen it either. But uh, they're making a part two. Uh, well, that's well, um, the DC. The DC movies are totally messed up. I haven't seen Wonder Woman, but um, well, again, again, now, another again movie, another movie that got really good uh, re- reviews. Actually. And actually, yeah. that I don't think brings in a lot of characters, does it? Or Captain America's in it, right? Or I don't know. Um, no, I, I don't think, think so. Okay, cool. no, yeah. Captain, so I think Captain that America just focus in the Marvel more or less universe, on Wonder Woman. Yeah, Cap- Captain America is a Marvel character, not a not a. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I think you're thinking might be of um his her um. You're thinking of Chris interest. Pine. Yes. Yes. No, no, I wasn't thinking of him, but I just totally mixed up things actually because they're both kind of you know Wonder Woman's kind of has these stars and stuff. Well, and I think they're both set in World War Two. Yeah, yeah, they're both set in the same. Era. Actually, I think we're. Uh, it, I think. 
War, Wonder Woman is World set War during one, World actually, War right, One, yeah, actually. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, in any event, so I mean, uh, in terms of superhero movies, I have I've I have not seen any of the ones that came out this year. Although I think right. I've seen most everything from before this year. Uh-huh. Do you Usually like the Avengers airplane. movies? The first one I thought was pretty okay. The second one I did not like. Let me ask you: Do you like Iron Man? I liked the first Iron Man a lot uh, because I think. Um, uh, his performance was so like magnetic and original in it, and it took uh-huh. what's kind of a, a lesser-known character and really like breathed a lot of life into him. I thought it was kind of an interesting commentary on weapons industry and stuff like that. So I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. And now um, Robert Downey Jr. or Iron yeah. Man is in every almost every. No, I'm definitely. T- we, have, we have Tony Stark. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've OD'd on Tony Stark's stick at this point. Right. And now, do you like Iron Men? Like what pumping is Iron? Iron? Well, like pumping iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Lou. Frigno, Frigno, by the way, played Hulk. The Hulk, yes. Frigno, yes, yes, played the Hulk. Yes. Um, now, so... I just, you know, we're, the, we're newer, talking, the, the, the Marvel films have increasingly begun to feel like they were, are produced by a committee um, that's like, like, a, like a boardroom that's planning these things out years in advance in order to like make everything connect and, get, and just like continue these never-ending stories on forever. Now, I, obviously, comic books do the same thing. Um, although there are one-shot comics, and I, I, maybe it's just because I don't know why, but in the movie, in the movie like sense, it just feels. I know you guys like talking about how manipulative it is for certain TV shows, right. but the Marvel films feel increasingly manipulative. Like there's okay, there's going to be like a thing after the credits it's going to get you to watch the next one and they're right. going to introduce this one character as a cameo because he's going to be in his own movie later and none of it really feels like it's telling any kind of an interesting story to me mm-hmm. right and you know um, what else is manipulative or they they bank on the first installment of a superhero movie to lead to a franchise right. you know they're, they're, there's never going to be a one shot superhero movie that they're, or they're not ever planning for just a one-shot superhero movie. They're always right. planning it to be a franchise. A, a well, I think the reason is because it's ended up a being problem. a one Because shot. there's a comic book based on right. those characters, and that is a franchise. You know, I mean, there's, you know, they have a whole mess of stories, you know, right. to go through. Well, Hulk, I think, was an example of one where they wanted it to be a franchise, but could never quite make that work. Right, right. Because none right. of the Hulk independent films have done particularly well. Right. Um, um, I mean, technically, the Angley Hulk is not part of the um, continuity of the Marvel Universe, although the Edward Norton one is, and the Edward Norton Hulk apparently is the um, Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Oh, that's why didn't they have Edward Norton play him I again? think there were some issues there with him. There were issues. Uh, maybe, I, I, I don't know if it was salary. I forget exactly what it was. There was some story behind that. He was intended to be in, in the Avengers originally. Eric Bana was the... the right, Hulk and uh, the uh, Angley Hulk. Well, does, I think Rock Ruffalo looks a little bit more like um, Bruce Banner, Banner. Bruce yeah, maybe Banner, so. maybe. Well, who, who's to say who looks like Bruce Banner? He looks I know. Like I'm just saying in the comics, in the, I think, uh, right? In the show, maybe. Now, um, I, I think that like they're increasingly taking less chances with these films. It's like they're they're just focus group to death. Like, right. Before, right, right. I, directors and writers got more leeway, and then sometimes that led to bad movies, but sometimes it led to really really good movies. Like I don't know who you guys think. I would say that. Um, the first two Superman films, Superman and Superman 2, are really good films. 
Um, with, I, with, with Christopher Reeve? Yes, yes. Superman, Superman 2 are really good. Yeah, the, uh, they're both fun movies. They're both um, really they're, Well, by the way, uh, Steve, yeah. this has a big thing to do with the movie industry in general. I'm sure. I mean, the 70s, there was a lot more leeway for exploring. Not but until think, the, eight, in think, the 80s, that's when the movie industry yeah. was like, oh my God, we have to cash in on stuff more now. I think superhero movies were still good even in the beginning of this like new era, I think. The first two Spider-Man movies are really good. Uh, they, I think they, the they first two actually. X-Men they, movies are great. Were they, though? You did have, yeah, I think the first Spider-Man movie was good. Like, Spider-Man 2 is really is good. A, he's, he's a very unique director and he's to watch it again. I mean, I think I have to look at it from more of a comedic I, I think because I think like, Sam Raimi imbues his films. He, well, Sam Raimi some, has a very auteur. Like he, he does. His 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 aesthetic is a campy aesthetic. If you watch little, the Evil Dead movies, campy. yeah, yeah, that's well, that's his it's aesthetic. It's a little, yeah, but they're I, comedic too. I, well, I think he's purposeful. Like I think, like for Evil Dead, he's he always tried to find the the. The, the line between horror and comedy, mm-hmm. I think well, he was yeah. always... I so, had this morbid sense of humor. And it's got a little bit of that in the, in the Spider-Man films with Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus are both kind of like right. lightly horrific villains. I guess you could say they're both sort of twisted by scientific experiments. Right. I, right, I think that right. the, the wonder you have of Spider-Man swinging between buildings of New York and that sort of like the, the energy is really great um, in both the first two movies. Uh, I think the love story with Mary Jane Watson is done really well. I think they have a lot of chemistry. Um, music well, is really good. going out. Uh, yeah, they were. I think for they a were. while. Yeah, music well, let me is ask excellent. You, uh, is it... I don't know if this is just because I grew up on the cartoon mm-hmm. of Spider-Man mm-hmm. or if this was actually... In, if this is something from the comic book, mm-hmm. but in the movies, uh, the web comes from his actual right, wrist right. as opposed to a cartridge. Right. Is that yeah, actually in so, the comic book? Or so it, in the tr- classic comic book, he had a mechanical web shooter. Which right. I think is what you're thinking of from the cartoon show. Yes. And then the Sam Raimi film wanted to update that with like modern genetic engineering type stuff. So it, uh, he came up with the organic web spinner that comes out of his like it's like part of his DNA. Right. Um, What's do you like that or no? I have no That's, preference. I guess you'd say. I think there are people who are really really upset about the DNA stuff. I think. I mean, I think part of me has spinner. a nostalgic thing for the web cartridge thing, just yeah. because I remember even toys coming out sure. with like. Oh, you can get your own cartridge and stuff, and it yeah, it kind of makes it seem I like oh, you as a kid can actually be Spider-Man himself sure. too. In a way. When he first starts developing that, like the goo begins coming out of his pores. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. It's it, it's it's weird. It's interesting. I, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't have a preference. One well, way no, or the I other. mean I just remembered but, that yeah, from Max, watching it when quick, back. In quick the note day. to correct you, Max, about Sam Raimi's sort of overall artistic vision. Yeah, in the beginning of Evil Dead, he he was trying to find a balance between. You know, horror, camp, and, and comedy. But when you get to Army of Darkness, that is almost straight comedy, actually, that movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very, very I funny Actually, movie. that's the one I haven't it's seen. It's a very I funny movie. It's not really very scary, actually, but it is almost like a campy comedy. Very funny. No, anyway, I, I just I was speaking. You weren't correct, correcting me, actually. I was speaking co- really, actually, just about Evil Dead, actually. I know, but Army of Darkness is the third installment. I know of the that, but I'm not even talking about Army I, of Darkness. I know, but I just for our listeners, in case they were sure, confused, sure. I know. Okay, I'm just saying myself. But um, but going back, so, I, I like. I think the first two Spider-Man movies are good. I think X-Men one and two are really good movies. X-Men, um, yeah, Brian Singer, Singer right? Brian Singer's first two X-Men movies are really good. Um, I think I said I think Batman, the, uh, the Nolan Batman films are quite good. I think the first uh, Iron Man is pretty good. 
but I think somewhere any of the after, Superman movie, the new Superman movies, do you find no. you no? Superman Returns is an interesting idea, but it plays as a straight remake of the 1970s Superman movie. Why are um, they not able to get it right with Superman? Yeah, um, I think with the Brian Singer Superman, which is called Superman Returns from 2000 and like five or six, uh, it's was a very dull movie, and it was just too, he was obsessed with creating, recreating the Christopher Reeve Superman movie. I think that's a problem. Although I think Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor is excellent in that film. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking why, about Kevin Spacey what you say too, now, too soon. Anyway, I, I no, still well, no, no, I mean, we, 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 we talked about this in a previous episode, episode about separating the art from yes, the, well, the I mean, the Lex Luthor is a like murderous millionaire, so anyway. Uh, okay. Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor is really good in that movie. Uh, but the rest of the movie is kind of dull. And then uh-huh. the, super, the um, more recent one, uh, Man of Steel, is a pretty bad movie, I think, uh-huh, um, for uh-huh. a lot of reasons, but particularly because, well, Brandon Routh, um, is, is, it's Brandon Routh. No, no, Brandon Routh is from uh, the singer Superman movie. What is the new Superman's name? Uh, uh, Jim, uh, or I don't think it's Caviezel Jim. Or something? Jim Norton? No, James Caviezel. Wait, James Caviezel, isn't he from... Um, Wait, wait. Uh, he played uh, Jesus in Passion of the Christ. Oh, the new, the new Superman? But yeah. It's a new Henry, Superman, Henry, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. He's so yeah. dull in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, he has no chemistry with, with Lois Lane. They seem uh, to cast him based on his look. Well, it's, it's I mean, overwhelmingly dark when Superman's supposed to be optimistic, and the second half of the film is just like them tearing up the entire city and just killing probably, I don't know how many people in this ridiculous battle. And that now, is not the Superman that I'm interested in. I mean, so DC seems to be also headed in the direction of just wanting to introduce more and more characters. Well, they've with, wanted to do that like, for a long just, time. Justice but, League is, is yeah. basically essentially well, that. Well, yeah, but I think that's a... Yeah, but Justice League was a big thing for people, though, nevertheless. Justice League is cool. But, you know, they've, they've wanted to have a shared DC universe on screen for a long time, but they kept having movies fail. Uh, Green Lantern failed. Uh, Superman Returns failed. Um, and then I think they realized and, that they couldn't make the Christopher Nolan films part of a larger continuity. So right. they had a lot of misfires. And so, the, so they're going to have an aqua. Oh, have you seen, um, so you saw uh, Batman versus Superman, right? Yes. Yes. And how was Ben Affleck as Batman? I actually think he's an okay Batman. That's not really my problem. With Is that it you've seen to talk about him too? I don't even know. You know, did Ben I'm Affleck do joking. something bad? What did, what did he do? Oh, oh, yeah. like, well, oh, oh, he, he, he like he was accused of. Uh, oh, like, I mean, groping gro- somewhere, groping, right? But you know, it, oh, obviously, yeah, it's not yeah. as you know, it's bad, but you, it's not as horrible it, it, as uh, as the Harvey Weinstein stuff. But anyway, I well, dig- the, we digress. It's a different right. situation. Well, I think actually, I mean, Bill Maher talks about it on a on on a recent episode of Real Time where he's saying, "Look, yeah, he he did something bad, but you know." That that's not the same thing as manipulating some you know people with your power and and, and well look I mean I, I don't to want to get like you know uh, hate mail for this but I think anybody who's being objective can agree that um, uh, what Harvey Weinstein did is like like worlds worse than right, it's a re- repeat offenses you yeah, know I mean, right he, right he, right he raped I people. think you know people there there's a difference between somebody like. Having a mishap, you know, people are human. They're going to make mistakes. Right. And, and somebody that has repeatedly offended and used right. his power for, you know. Maybe, we'll, it, maybe we'll edit this part out of the post-production. We were talking, you guys discussed this last time. Anyway. Um, right. Well, it's, yeah, it's, okay. it's okay. It's, 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 it's new, new things sure. have come out since then. I mean, it, well, yeah. like, I, I will say, like, uh, 
you know, it is also, you know, talking about Kevin Spacey, it is sort of heartbreaking in a sense to find out that one of your acting idols or mm-hmm. acting heroes turns out to be this kind of guy. Sure, you know, it, yeah. it, it's a it's a shame, unfortunately. You know, and it's unfortunate. Well, that same thing. Same with thing with Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby actually, yeah. I, mean, I can see what people, people are uncomfortable watching Spacey films right now. That's for sure. Although I, I mean, maybe eventually as time goes by, it'll be able people will be able to watch those movies again. Right. Right. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a very. Um, in fact, I think I saw recently uh, Rowan Polanski in a commercial. I think it was it was shot in a European city. Didn't the uh, playwright Christopher Marlowe like like kill a bunch of people? Did he really? really? I mean, he was just like a spy, wasn't he for uh, for the British throne? Well, he, maybe because uh, Shakespeare stole all his stuff. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, happened uh, anyway. I think, I think he got he, so mad. I think Marlowe had a pretty uh, checkered life. Um, anyway, there's a lot of artists who've done some some bad things. Anyway, we digress. Yes, yes. Um, well, there's a lot of artists that have done bad. Just like there's any, I, I, it's something I know. Maybe we don't. We have talked this, about touch upon, but it should be mentioned though. While this stuff is coming to light in the movie industry, it this kind of stuff happens in all industries sure, actually, yeah. and 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 not just artists, you know. And I think that. Uh, well, I mean, I think people are saying that, you know, but, but artists I think have a large platform. A artists have a large platform, and I guess. Uh, that means they have more power, I right, guess. Right, right, But that right. doesn't... And something that people have said, you know, uh, while things haven't been completely confirmed, you know, some, you know, there's, I see a lot of memes going out of people saying, why is uh, the fake president, Kevin Spacey, being held to a different standard than our real president? Um, anyway, but at the same time, you know, there's there's... Got to okay. be confirmation. I'm probably... Well, my edit edit this out. Yeah, maybe a little digression here. Um, uh, back on the superhero anyway, thing. I, back, I think, back I think my, movies, my main I, thing about it is I think that up until like the last five years, because I think I mean, what's the last superhero movie I really like? Probably uh, maybe Dark Knight uh, or that came after Spider-Man 2. Up until very recently, I think, very recently these movies just became so formulaic and not But there's exactly, so many of them too. Not exactly, it's, it's, none of them are exactly bad. But none of them are good, I don't think. I mean, they, they're just like perfectly serviceable installments of a never-ending um, How could you be excited about a superhero movie anymore when it, there's so many of them? I, I remember, I think it's kind of... Even like when there was just the Batman movies coming mm-hmm. out, it was an exciting, it was an event. I mean, you would yeah. go to McDonald's and you would get those... I remember when Batman Forever came out and they had those glass mugs that yeah. they had at, at McDonald's because it was such a I think I still have the event. Batman Returns little Happy Meal toys. One of them's like a little uh, Catwoman. The tail kind of moves in the car as you drive it around. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. And so I feel like there's just too much ground to cover now. Well, I mean, well, it's, also, it's, it's, it's kind it's of... Just, it, it, it is also... That, that's the thing with, with the internet, too. I mean, mm-hmm. with, even machine. TV shows and, and things like that, there's... there's there's so much ground to cover. Um, and I and, think uh, somehow critics are like judging these movies as a whole like separate thing. Like it's good, like it's superhero good or something. I, I don't know because I, I don't see how you right. can say like, well, like Avengers 2 got enormously good reviews. That is just not a very good movie. So well, in other words, you're saying there's a different standard because it's a superhero movie yeah, when it shouldn't be held so. to a different standard so. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's funny you say that because I saw an argument between Siskel and Ebert before mm-hmm. about how um, they were talking about Full Metal Jacket mm-hmm. and how um, 
Roger Ebert didn't like it, and mm-hmm. Siskel, uh, Siskel, uh, Gene Siskel loved it, uh-huh. and uh, Robert e- Roger Ebert was giving a thumbs down while he gave <laughs> this kid movie like Shiloh Part Two or something like that. He gave that a thumbs up, and Gene Siskel was like, "How can you give that a thumbs up and not this movie?" and Roger Ebert was saying, well, I am holding them to a different standard. You know, this is a kid's movie, and I'm judging it you know, as a I'm, kid's movie. I am okay with that to some extent, but well, I think it's become more like, it's even more, like, subdivided than that. Like, I'm okay with, with rating an action film a little bit different than I am, like, a costume drama, like right. a Jane Austen adaptation. Well, not necessarily. Okay, right. like, like, a exam- hard, like a yeah, Die like Hard, like a Die Hard, there yeah. are yeah. some plot... There's some tropes. There. There's some but things. It, there's some tropes, but it is a fun movie. It's a fun action movie. Right, but here's the here's the thing though. You you get those outliers though that are good on all you ends do. in all respects. And like for instance, Terminator Two, for instance, mm-hmm. which is an action film and a sci-fi film. Right. But right. it's really has a lot of psychological depth to it, and it's very just very well done all around. Right. You know. Right. I mean, that's probably I'm I'm using that as an example. That's probably one of the top movies. Of all time, actually, because of that reason. But Terminator Two is one of the top movies of all time. I, I would I say think so. so actually. It's, I a, think it's so. a good, really good movie. I wouldn't say it's like a top movie of all time. But okay. I would say so. Actually, it's, I think it really is. I think an it's awesome definitely film. one of the best. And actually, act- it uses computer graphics in a really good way. It does, actually, it does. that's true. I think it's one of the best. It's definitely one of the best. Uh, Action sci-fi films of all time. For yeah, sure. it's definitely the yeah. best James Cameron film. No, I think, for sure. I think Aliens is better, but oh, oh, you know, I actually can't speak on that. I can't speak on that. But yeah. they're, they're both they're both good movies. Um, I think it's okay to like to understand genre conventions when rating a film, um, but I don't think I think somehow these like these never-ending superhero movies are just. People are not picking up on the fact that everything in it is formulaic, like right. these like extremely extended scenes of just like mayhem in cities where things are just blowing up and these kinetic fights and nothing. The camera like jumping around. That's I, my I, problem I do not with think this is Dark good. Knight, by the way. Um, oh, but Dark like, Knight Rises. The, sure, the, but there are like too the, many camera jumps. It's hard to even follow sometimes right, what's going on. Right. Like, the and, Avengers and there's sometimes like there's an overuse a, of music, too, by the way. Well, the Avengers is all about on a different level because while well, you have you know quick cuts of Batman's fights in a dark alley, which I kind of think makes sense for that sort of a way they're going for, just this like massive, sprawling destruction of uh, city battles, I think there's never time to focus on any individual character or the, you, don't, you don't take in anything about it. It just, it just seems so rote. So, right. I mean, I guess the, so judging these things to a different standard, it kind of allows us to segue into talking a little bit more mm. about these aggregate sites like Rotten Tomatoes and, and Metacritic, sure. where, mm. you know, you'll see Thor Ragnarok get a 90-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a great film. It's either that a lot of critics gave it barely a thumbs up, but it's still a thumbs up or, you know, it's still right, a, right. a positive rating. This happens a lot with movies, actually, where um, where a movie will get a high percentage on, on Rotten Tomatoes, but only because every critic said it was okay enough to give it a good rating, but they didn't love it. But right, it's still, right. in, in the audience's eyes, it looks like, oh, wow, it got a 90-something percent on Rotten I, Tomatoes. I, think, I must go see it. I think Rotten Tomatoes uses some editorial judgment to decide on a middling review whether that should be a... Um, well, here's one. Let's look at The Atlantic. Uh, Christopher Orr says for Thor Ragnarok, perfectly acceptable 
as an action movie, but inspired as a comedy, which is probably where the Thor franchise should have been aiming from the start. All right, that doesn't sound like a great review, but it gives right. it a, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good tomato. It's a ripe tomato. It's a ripe tomato. Let me, let me scroll go. down to this review a little bit more here. Um, Uh, well, put it, all, put it all together, you have just over two hours of entertaining but profoundly silly superheroism, which again may be what we ought to have expected from the beginning, had the likes of Christopher Nolan not come along and implausibly their expectations. Sometimes a guy in tights just a guy in tights. Well, that's like, to me, seems like a fairly mediocre review. Right. Um, so you, it's a thumbs up. There's a trend here with the Thor yeah. Ragnarok reviews then, it seems. Yet it has a 90, what, 5% Salon, or audiences seem to be smart enough these days to know a good movie when they see it and to avoid a bad flick despite Hollywood's best efforts to pull a fast one on them. I don't, I don't agree so, with though. that, actually. I don't well, know if they I count, agree. They count I, that I think, as a good review. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to uh, uh, be a little cynical here, but... I do think in general, and this goes with all art forms, including music, producers tell the general public what to like, and often the general public will like it right. because the producers told them that this is what's supposed to be popular right now. Right, right. Um, and I think that... This happens yeah. a lot with music, especially. Right, right, right. And it goes to show, uh, because as you said, they're very formulaic and... They're saying, hey, we're following this formula, so you must like it, basically. You know? People, uh, there's something that I hear a lot in popular music now, which is there's, it, there's a, the buildup to, to the, a chorus, but before the, the bass drop, so to speak, there's a moment of silence. And then you hear the bass drop and the, the chorus starts. That's like Well, and a big chorus of people that, singing. That, you know, that's like a big trope. That's, that's a major trope that they use in pop music, top 40 music now, and it, it's very formulaic, but the producers say, hey, this has been working, people like it, we're going to continue to do I, this here, and not be Here's original. why I think it's a little bit different, actually, because, than, than movies, because the radio, people will just turn on the radio, it doesn't cost them a dime, and they'll turn on the radio and they'll listen to, and well, a lot of, a lot of, people a lot of America, the, people, and, a lot of people don't listen to the radio anymore. Well, it doesn't, it People still listen to a lot of top 40 hits. They'll listen when to Sirius, which they do pay for. Okay, but top 40 hits are just going to be... They uh, People listen to the radio in their car, I would, for sure. I, and I, would, I would equate... In, in the Midwest, I would actually, equate for sure. top 40 hits with superhero movies right now. Back what we're talking about here, sorry. What is this? Uh, what is the comparison? I guess Nikki was trying to say how... I'm comparing um, current pop music, mm -hmm. uh, mainstream pop music, like top 40 stuff is sort of comparable to, uh, or anag we can, uh, it's a little anag analogous to he's saying uh, the, the way, current climate of he's superhero saying the movies. way producers have an influence over what the general public thinks in music, he thinks it's the same in movies, but I don't necessarily Particularly think that's with superhero exactly movies. the same, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. it's necessarily no, the same. Fair enough. Um, um, I mean, I, so looking at these films, it, I, I guess the problem is... Um, it seems like on these sort of like crowd pleaser films, they give a what appears to be a middling review. It kind of is a thumbs up. Whereas if you look at more like challenging um, movies, it seems like they sometimes bump a middling review to a thumbs down. Interesting. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. So even Rotten Tomatoes itself, the the editorial section of that is is uh, placing these popcorn movies to a different standard. I think, than, yeah, it seems like 
they take a borderline review and they count it as a thumbs up when it's a just a blockbuster, a crowdfunder blockbuster, and like conflicted reviews on a more challenging film, they bump it a thumbs down. Let me see if I can give an example. Of you this think here. that's maybe them getting paid by no? I don't think companies? it's corruption. I think it's no. I, I don't think know. it's. Well, but that's, said, a pro- that's a problem because who says it's corrupt? I mean, that's a whole other debate. Actually, it's like that's not a legal entity or anything, and so well, I mean, they there, can there are some do standards that. in terms of. Re- no, I think it's more sure. likely that yes, it's the, all capitalism. You know, it's it, it, I know I don't see. My guess is they don't read these very closely. I think they probably look at the general tone, and if a reviewer if it was like, yeah, it's a kind of a silly movie. Uh, there's some problems with the script, but we had a good a good time. Audience, they're probably gonna like it. So, so that's another up. problem with these. Whereas if it's, a, if it's a more art picture and they're like, yeah, there, some parts of this uh, didn't make sense maybe and I don't really know what the art or author, director was going for, right. they count as a thumbs down. But maybe that's a problem. Right, and that is a problem that... Oh, okay. oh sorry. Just, I mean, oh, go ahead. Well, well that's uh, a problem because if you, if you look at some of the earliest blockbuster movies like Indi- the, the mm-hmm. early Indiana Jones yeah. trilogy, um, not counting the latest installment of the right. movie, but um, you know there was a higher standard placed on a blockbuster movie even in the eighties, right. um, and so I think maybe sites like Rotten Tomatoes contributes to the overall um, lack of inspiration and and sort of originality in in the current climate of yeah. superhero movies right. or. In movies in general, perhaps, you know? Yeah. Right. So why do we... Or popcorn movies, blockbuster movies, I would say. Basically, maybe there should be a different category in Rotten Tomatoes, which would be like, they get a popcorn instead of a tomato. It's like, oh, popcorn movie. You well, know, it's like, the- go see it if you want to just like, you know, turn your mind off for a second and just, you know, maybe enjoy it in that respect. But yeah, why is that? A- and you talked about kids' films earlier, Steve. Like for instance, The Goonies is a great film. Steve, Steve doesn't quite. Agree I don't think it. it's a great film, but anyway, I think it is. I think it's a great film. I, I actually sort, sort of agree, with Steve, yeah. in a way. I think it's I don't fine. I think it's. I think. It's I don't great. know if I think. It's All right, here, here's a movie. Great. I'm just browsing Rotten Tomatoes right now that I think is an example of maybe how they're viewing these things. It's um, Inherent Vice, uh, which I think is a really good movie. Um, from I didn't see uh, it has a 73 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is still good. But there are some. Um, Reviewers here that that's they, barely they count know. as a thumbs down. When I don't, I just I'm not sure the reviewer is really going with that. Like, look at um, um. Okay, so this capsule review says inherent vice is a sun glared, neon limbed muddle of noir plotline and potheaded jokery. It not only doesn't doesn't make sense, but actually seems to try hard not to. But there, it's still a two point five out of four. And if you read the full review. Like, the guy doesn't hate it. He just thinks it doesn't make sense in a lot of places and so forth. Right. So it's very much it's interpretation of, I think of the editor. I think so, really. yeah. Um, Which is unfair to a degree, I guess. It, I, I also think it, in, in the same way that you see things get rated and reviewed highly, that influences the public's general perception as well. In the same way, like, when you go to a comedy show and... 
there's a, a lot of people laughing, it might make you laugh about the sure, joke too. Sure. Even though it may not even be that funny of a joke, but you actually might think that performers did very well just because everyone else is, right. is laughing. You know, you know I and it, I, I think randomness has its uses. Like I do think when you see a movie that has got like a twenty percent or something like this, that's going to be a bad movie, pretty much guaranteed. Well, well, Sometimes I, I kind of think can you I generally find, just will look at the preview and be like, okay, do I want to see this film? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Like, have you, have you, uh, is there any movie that has like a 20, 30, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, uh, there movie? is, well, the Baxter, I think, uh, has a pretty low percentage. Can you look that the up Baxter, real quick, Steve? The Baxter. I actually don't, I don't um, think I know that movie. It's made by the same guys that, or one of the guys from, you know, who made, who wrote. Yeah, yeah it has a, th- a 32%. So that movie is. Really good. Uh, really? really good. Almost a flawless movie. I think one of the best movies of the past, you know, 20 years. Really? Uh, we're one of the really? best, com- one of the, the best, com- one of the best comedies. I've never actually been heard of this movie. So, um, it's, it's very, very funny. Michael Showalter and, made and, it. And okay. uh, I remember watching the review of, of Ebert and Roper give that they just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And so they gave it a bad review. And I, I think like, they also didn't just like Hudsucker Proxy, by the way. Well, I know. The Hudsucker Proxy. Um, but the point is that that, that movie got a 30-70%, but luckily, because I'm a fan of Stella and, and the guys who make those, you know, m- you know the Wet Hot American Summer movie and, and, you know, the Baxter, I chose to watch the Baxter and judge it for myself and realized, oh, this is a great movie, um, and the critics kind of got it wrong. I, this is a whole separate issue with me and, and, and critics. And I, no, it's I not a separate to, issue. Well, I tend not to agree with most critics. I mean, I feel like there's no critic who is ever completely right. Well, everything's and subjective. I, you know, it's hard I, to... I, well, okay. I, I think that critics... Critic I, even did, lean, did, I, think I even think like... You touched like, this oh, on your, your first right? podcasts, no right? Like I, I think these sort of best of lists and critical... Like I, I, I looking at end of year best of lists, I usually think there's... Those lists aren't like totally wrong. Although, well, those aren't totally wrong. Yeah, they're sure, they're yes. a good starting point. I'm never going to agree with everything 100. percent I like to look at sure, these yeah. lists. Like they're also a little skewed sometimes. Some of those because we tend to uh, we tend to favor country uh, uh, movies that are done in English. Actually, no, I mean, a lot of a lot of them are are worldwide and they give you a full gamut of yeah. Um, no, that, that's true. International yeah, films. But I will say, like, there are movies that have won Best Picture at the Oscars who have been. Highly rated, and they're not very good movies. You can agree with that, right? Yeah, so, sure, I mean, sure. Well, like that, okay, the Oscars though definitely is not. Uh, they they're they're a little more um, inclined towards English made films because otherwise they right. wouldn't have well, a best foreign English, English the the films. Otherwise, is, there would be a best foreign yeah. film category, you know? Because the Academy voters don't always watch a lot of foreign films, right? Think. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, it's. Um, I tend to think, though, a lot of those... Yeah, you're right, though, Steve. A lot of those, like, especially auteur filmmakers mm-hmm. like Quentin Tarantino who are cinephiles will watch the movies that come out from out around the world. They will, yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, well, I, is there anything more to talk about on superhero film? I think we've kind of... I think we've covered it, it up, uh, and I think we've kind of covered it... By the way, just the bandwagon effect is... A, just to piggyback off of what I was saying earlier... It, that that's a, a real thing, I think, and, and I think that influences a lot of people's definitely. Of how I, I think so is. too. Yeah, uh, and they may not well, realize that, it. That that happened, and it happens. That happened with the best La, of us. That happened with La La Land, actually. This yeah, the, the, right. The, because at first that movie was very well reviewed, and it was, you know, I I think we can all agree. The three of us feel like it's one of the best movies, certainly of the past fifteen years. Sure, um, sure. And it's 
there was a bandwagon effect that started around the Golden Globes last year about, you know, there was some hate from liberal groups, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, toward that film. And people started jumping on the bandwagon. And p- even people who didn't even see the film started hating That's on true. it. That's true. Which I had a problem with. And so this, this, ha- this is a, a trend that happens a lot today. Or maybe it has always happened. You know, it's it's... People want to feel no, I think like it, they belong. I think it happens more now because people want to feel like they they're a part of a, a movement. Well, I think more, it happens more today than ever. I think I actually. think it happens more now because there's social media and people see each other's opinions a lot more. But sometimes I think that like maybe those views get mad. They seem to be larger than they are. I mean, well, I made an enormous amount of money, and I think it's almost certain that um, a, a large number of Americans like that movie quite a bit. Oh well, no, that don't absolutely. Give me a, oh, absolutely, a lot of the world actually. I think right. uh, in in you know we'll we'll take a look at it in ten years, even, and a lot of people will say, oh, this was really truly one of the best movies of of the of the new century. I think you know, right, right. Um, uh, and I think it, I think it will go down as an American. Movie but classic, no, no Marvel film has gotten a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is kind of really, really crazy. Yeah, they have, they have the full list here. Um, Thor: The Dark World was the lowest with sixty six percent. So really? there's a problem there, right? Uh, I would say so. Yes, because Thor: The Dark World is a really, really, really bad. That's movie. really insane to me. Wow. Um, I, and I know Metacritic is works a little bit differently, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mostly look at Metacritic for video games. I don't really look at their movie section that much. But um, um, yeah, I don't either. I, I I think it's a little harder to understand their movie right, section, right. I think. Um, but anyway, any final thoughts, guys? Um, I mean, I think, you know, I would like, I like superhero movies. I'd like to see them be more creative, maybe a little weirder, even if some of them fail more often, and just not be the sort of factory-produced product. And more of a focus and I on, say on the main character. Very, very suspicious. That's where, you're, where Star Wars is going, uh, under Disney's control. Is it going to be a never-ending um, product? Right. Right, right, and right. you know, I think this the Lucas prequels are largely bad movies, but they were in many ways much more creative than we've seen from Disney so far. Did you real quick? Did you like The Force Awakens? I still kind of like The Force Awakens, although I've, I've more I've watched the more I've begun to see its problems. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a good movie, but it's it started it, it is feeling very factory made, and um, Rogue Rogue, uh, Rogue One definitely feels that way. Interesting. 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 Um, well, only time will tell to see. Yeah. What well, on the next trailer one is. of the new one, I, I have some concerns. We'll see. Me, I have some concerns too. But What's your final? You got a final word? My thought. My final word is superhero movies. Uh, this is taken, you know, from this is said from a guy who's not in love with superhero movies. So but I can enjoy <laughs> good action adventure movie. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve, and I mm-hmm. I would like to just see more, yeah, creativity put into. Uh, just box office draws in general, like popcorn movies in general, you know, just don't, mm-hmm. producers should there shouldn't be it just a popcorn pro- movie. Producers shouldn't treat it as a popcorn movie. Producers yeah. should treat it as an, uh, an art form. Yeah, I mean, with some like exceptions, I think you're seeing more and more of a, uh, the rift between the summer tentpole film and the winter, like art film for the Oscar bait is becoming even wider and wider. Right. There's right. very uh-huh, few uh-huh. films um, that are, I mean, like so in the seventies and eighties, like, Star Wars, Jaws, Close Encounters, E.T. These movies were all like big box office draws, and they were art pictures. Right, right, right. Other right. than like, I guess um, Mad Max: Fury Road. Recently, there hasn't really been another film that is 
even been talked about as both like an art picture and a crowd pleaser. Right. But Dark Knight, I guess, quick Christopher I mean, I, I, we're speaking that way. specifically about action-adventure movies, I guess. Sure, yeah. Because some La La Or sci-fi films. La La Land did make a huge amount of money. No, but that, that was never intended to be that It way, was never right? intended, though, for that. I'm talking about like movies that the studio places oh, on their calendar in their development sure. cycle as a tentpole film. Right. Well, it also yeah. happens to be an art picture. Right, right. I see My final saying. word is, I don't think the producer, you know, well, maybe the producers have gotten it down to a science, which is a problem, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and also, I'm not as excited to see these superhero films. I mean, maybe, granted, I'm not the biggest, uh, I'm not as big of a fan as superheroes, mm. comic books and stuff like that as you, Steve. Mm. But with that said, I think a big part of it for me is uh, that they're, we're inundated with so many of them. And I think we just need to take a break from some, making some of these things, you know. Well, uh, I don't think allow, that's some excitement. Fill up some excitement for a superhero film for Oh, once, speaking you know? of, you know what I heard? I read a rumor of recently, I think this is probably not a rumor but true, is that uh, Amazon Studios is in negotiations with Tolkien Enterprises to make a Lord of the Rings TV show for Amazon. <laughs> bad idea, right? Okay. Well, I maybe. think that's a pretty bad idea. I mean, I mean, you already made the Why do you need to make a TV show? I, I don't understand like why you I don't even would, understand what it I would be about. Tell the story, well, but there's a there is a like you could make a version of Lord of the Rings that is more faithful to the books in some ways. It would be a quieter, more like philosophical show probably, maybe more scenes of hobbits um, singing songs and telling folk tales eating, eating meals. But I'm pretty sure that's not the movie they're going to make. <laughs> I don't, I don't the show. understand. I don't the show. Understand why why it is not the show they're going to make. Nobody would watch it because they already know what's going to happen. And I, I, even though well, like Star Trek Discovery, um, I, we know where that's going to go, but we don't know exactly it. what's going to happen. It's still a big enough, big enough name. I just think it's, it's not going to be good. It's going to be. It's, you know, I think we, those movies have some flaws, but they're still like those are sort of the definitive interpretation on screen. I think. Anyway, uh, right, we well, heard our final thoughts. Final thoughts, um, yeah. Thank you, Steve, for joining Thanks us for having on, me. on this episode of Splitting Hairs. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time.